For decades, milk has been fueling women marathon runners as the OG performance drink. And in the new docu-series, Running Sucks, brought to you by Team Milk, Abby Ayers takes us on a journey of self-discovery as she meets several groups of empowered women runners to find out what drives them, what fuels them, and what pushes them to go the distance. And in the process, she learns that she too can be a distance runner. You can watch the series at runningsuckstheseries.com and register for the inaugural Every Woman's Marathon at everywomansmarathon.com. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Hey, you're listening to Intuit from Vulture in New York Magazine. I'm Sam Sanders. So, the White House Correspondents' Dinner is coming up. This weekend, actually. I know. The White House Correspondents' Dinner? They still do that? They do. But at this point, that dinner just does not mean what it used to. It was postponed during the pandemic. Donald Trump famously stopped attending. And there have been big ethical questions about whether this so-called nerd prom with politicians and journalists partying together should even happen at all. Well, it's happening, and my guest this episode is delivering the keynote speech at the event. We turn to our very own Roy Wood Jr., everybody! His name is Roy Wood Jr. You may know him as a correspondent on The Daily Show. As a black man in America, you must have been shocked by what you've seen over the past week. Shocked? That there's races in America? And he also took a spin this month in the host chair of that show, while Comedy Central looks for Trevor Noah's replacement. Welcome to The Daily Show. My name is Roy Wood Jr. This, this is what's happening right now. This, this, this is a big moment for me. So I want to thank my mom. I want to thank the city of Birmingham. I want to thank Florida A&M University. Most importantly, I got to thank Manhattan District Attorney Alvin Bragg. Appreciate you for hooking a brother up with an indictment during my week. I do think that you will love this chat with Roy. He's obviously very funny, and we cover a lot of ground, including the state of late-night TV and whether political satire can actually work in our current political climate. But we start with a YouTube series he launched a few years ago. Why your rapper ain't got no logo? You the most expensive sandwich at the table. One I still think about truly all the time. meeting at the Chicken Sandwich Coalition to discuss some concerns y'all been having with Popeye's chicken. The coalition, one of the many casualties of the country <laughs> opening back up. I was unable to finish that series. How do we set that up for our listeners? So basically, around the time that Popeye's launched their fried chicken sandwich and it took the fast food world by storm, you created this video series in which every fast food chain's chicken sandwich was like a member of like a drug gang or a mafia and they were trying to keep the new kids off the block. Exactly. Imagine if the mafia was the mafia. All of the different crime families 
KFC, Taco yes. Bell, Chick-fil-A, <laughs> Burger King, McDonald's. And a new drug product, the Popeye's chicken sandwich, comes in and decimates your business. What is the conversation? What's happening with the other fast food chains? How are they plotting against Popeye's to take Popeye's down? And then I just figured make each fast food sandwich its own drug family <laughs> and created a telenovela on the block. Burger King, you know something? I don't know what's going on in these streets. I've been working on an incredible WAP all summer. Burger King don't know nothing. Checkers, rallies, wait, what the hell you go by? Depend on the neighborhood. But damn it, you gotta pick one. Premise was that the other fast food restaurants <laughs> wanted Popeyes to share their recipe so they could all sell the same dope. <laughs> if we're all selling the same dope, nobody's better than another. So all fast food companies unified under one chicken sandwich to stop the war. <laughs> and of course, uh, Jack in the Box wanted no parts of that, so they were trying to take down the coalition to kill Popeyes. Where does the coalition stand now that we're back outside and you don't have time to make chicken sandwich videos in, at home during lockdown anymore? As they say in the studios, we are currently looking for a network partner to shop the show. <laughs> no, dude, the, the country opened back up, you know, and also, you know, at the time, you know, I was in a relationship and it, it became more and more difficult to explain to a woman why you're talking to, because for the people who've never seen it, it's stop motion. Like I'm operating chicken sandwiches with my hands, sliding them in and out of frame, shaking them to simulate talking. I love it. I, bro, I had a whole finale planned out where I was going to put a firecracker inside the Arby's chicken sandwich and blow it up. <laughs> as an Because act the Arby's food puts firecrackers inside of our gut. Yeah. <laughs> it's only fair. Make them pay. <laughs> yeah, so that that's the type of weirdness I enjoy, though. And, and that's what makes it so weird with with The Daily Show when they like gave me the guest host week. And they were like, well, because you got to grind. You don't have time for like, you know, a mafioso drama about chicken sandwiches. You're on the day's news. But what I, I want to, I really need to go back and do it again from the top. But like, that's where my brain goes in trying to tell a story about the day. Because we used real clips of people fighting over the sandwiches and McDonald's was controlling the supply. And that's why Popeye's <laughs> never had enough chicken sandwiches. And that's why violence ensued. But try. <laughs> But that's where that's the far end of where my mind goes sometimes. So yeah. imagine when the Daily yeah. Show producers go, so what do you want to do for your guest week? I'm like, you really don't want to know what's in my head. <laughs> You're like, hear me out. Chicken sandwiches. But like they're the godfather. Bro, you should have. And then. You should have seen me trying to pitch Black Trump at the time. And it ended up being one of the biggest segments we did on the show. But. Yeah. But trying yeah. to, like, my issue is that I have ideas, but I do not know how to distill them into a way for people to understand the window into my brain. But I hear you say that, and I'm like, well, when I watch you on The Daily Show, I understand it. It makes sense. It's tracks. Like, what happens to get from Chicken Sandwich Mafia to Daily Show? Getting getting ideas greenlit at the daily show it's it's an open building where literally anybody can pitch if you have a funny idea tell it to somebody they'll tell it to somebody else but it's better if you have people that also understand it so now it's like getting a bill co-sponsored and so i went to klepper 
And Klepper and I, I'm like, hey, man, you know, everybody says Trump acts like a rapper. He has gold, blah, 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 blah. How can we expand <laughs> that? He says rapper stuff. Has a white wife. Uh-oh. Yeah, that was yeah, too uh-oh. Much. Sorry. <laughs> and a model. She's a bad one. <laughs> Sorry, Don Lemon. I disagree with you. She's a bad one. Um, but this idea of, hey, man, I think we can take any braggadocious quote Trump has ever said and put it with another quote that rhymes and create an entire rap song of nothing but Donald Trump quotes and tweets. You can lead Ted Cruz, you've been killing our country. Lion Ted Cruz, use a picture of Melania. Careful, Lion Ted, I'll spit a beans on your woman. I've been watching Modern Family, written by Mo. I never liked So then I sit for a day and a half just listening to beats. <laughs> I'm just, I'd, I'd share an office with Ronnie Chang. What are you doing over there? What are you? Because <laughs> I can't explain it. I'm just like, I just need yeah. to listen to beats. And I'm yeah. just, I'm mumbling Trump. Have you seen Ted Cruz who's been killing our country? Lion Ted Cruz, use a picture of Melania. <laughs> Careful, Lion Ted. Dude, you're not a rapper. That's not going to, that's not a hit. Uh-huh, and I take uh-huh. it to Klepper. Klepper starts ad-libbing it. And then we take it to our field director at the time, Tim Greenberg. And, and he gets it. And now it's me and Klepper rapping this for Trevor Noah and E.P. Jen Flans. <laughs> at the pitch meeting. Yeah, in the pitch meeting. Like a, <laughs> like a rapper trying to get signed to Sony. It's like making the band when you got to like perform in front of Diddy. Literally. <laughs> that's literally what, but it's the, I cannot type this pitch in an email the traditional way that you all, the traditional yeah. way we ideate hear this it. building. For that idea, I couldn't do it. So yeah, I, the, the, the Sandwich Coalition, that was one I kept to myself because I wasn't sure if, if I could properly convey that to the Daily Show. I don't have a lot of confidence in my ideas I mean, until they're actually in motion. I have all of the confidence in all of your ideas, but I, I, I'm wondering, like, if you if you didn't take Chicken Sandwich Mafia to the Daily Show, what is the craziest thing that you've pitched at that show in the last few years? Oh, Lord, bro, I can, I'm sure I could tell you. I have a pitch doc. Every idea I've ever pitched at the show, I have in a running Word document. How big is the Word doc? It's at least about 60 pages. Oof. Uh, digital Pokemon cards for Democratic candidates where you could collect. <laughs> the, when they were doing the um, the Pokemon stuff for Nintendo. Pokemon yeah, go to the exactly. polls. And collect all of your uh-huh. favorite politicians. <coughs> Treat private prisons as a starving small business left behind with no occupants because of cash bail reform. And talk to prison owners. <laughs> As if they are a struggling small uh, business and see what we could do to get them more customers. Uh, 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 was that uh, pitch accepted? Well, we couldn't get any small business owners to accept it to come on camera. <laughs> Listen, a lot of these pitches are booking contingent, Sam. Listen, booking is the hardest part. No one knows. No one realizes that. Oh, this is one I really wanted to do, but the legal department was... It's always them. They might require proof of COVID vaccinations, but religious views can make you exempt. Roy, as the character Leo Deblin, starts his own religion to give people an opportunity to avoid vaccine registrations by becoming a registered member of his church, the Fifth Day Adventists, who take <laughs> Thursdays off. And so I really what wanted to follow What did legal say people. to that? Legal, legal should have been like, okay. Yeah, I get it, though. Uh, the, the issue is kind of rooted in, hey, man, if you really start a church and people really join this church, 
and then yeah. one of them dies from COVID. We're not oh, quite sure what that would that mean part. for your church. Yeah. I.e. The Daily Show's church. Daily Show's <laughs> church. So then I'm hearing you talk about these incredibly out there pitches. Now that you are filling in as a guest host on The Daily Show, does it mean that they really got to take all your pitches? Because you're in the main chair. Yeah. Like, does this mean now is the right perfect time to pitch Chicken Sandwich Mafia well, while your guest host did? But also keep in mind, though, my guest host week, my guest host week in April, I'm also learning how to drive the car, too. So I'm not going to come mm. to you with all these stunts and donuts yeah. and street drifting ideas. <laughs> I just need to drive the car and not crash it. Yeah. Now, on the yeah. comeback, yes. Let's explore and see if there are some other ideas that can be done. But, you know, you also have to remember tonally what the show was then and having guest hosts to a degree, I think, restricts the entirety of every possible place you could go because you can't make Tell it. Tell me how. Like, okay, think about the daily show like this right now. Yeah. We're a restaurant. And our five-star Michelin chef resigned. <laughs> Damn you, Trevor. So you have me and all the other correspondents. We're a bunch of sous chefs. We know how the recipes are done. We know how things are And y'all are have watched the other chef for years. Correct. You've seen him do it. Our customers have a certain degree of expectation of what the food will be at this restaurant. So then we invite in a series of guest chefs from Leslie Jones to John Leguizamo to Wanda Sykes to Al Franken and... Marlon Wayans, and each chef is bringing their own flavor to the restaurant. Mm -hmm. Now, what we're not going to let you do as chef is turn us from fine dining to a food truck to an ice cream <laughs> parlor, and then next go. week a sandwich shop, and then the next week we're yeah. doing pizza. You cannot be that wide in the sense mm -hmm. of the creative. But if you had a new dedicated chef and he goes, I want to stretch the menu just a little bit, then you have the freedom creatively, I mm. think, to do the weird. Because think about it. To do that Pokemon thing where you're trying to collect politicians, elect, like we're going to call it like electoral votes, and we're just dropping electoral votes all over the country. You have to collect all the electors. <laughs> that's a full tech build. That's, a, that's an yeah, app. That's a production. I'm exactly. asking you to yeah. build an app. And I'm only going to be yeah. hosting a week. Our yeah. budget yeah. is not set up. You can't do it. <laughs> well, so then hearing you talk about all of this, the cast of fill-in hosts who are all established and expert in their own right, hearing you talk about this analogy of the chefs and the sous chefs, does it feel a little bit like sous chef hunger games? Like, is everyone that you're naming who's filling in, are y'all all privately jockeying to get the full-time host slot? And if so, does that make it hella dramatic on set? I don't think it's, that's the weird thing about The Daily Show. Number one, it's not, it's not privately jockeying. We are all mm. openly saying we want the job. I don't think there's a single <laughs> core. I'm just being straight up. I don't think there's yeah. a single core. So you want the job? That's been, if they offer me that job, I'm taking it. Okay. And I don't know what the hell I'm going to do with it, <laughs> but I'd take that job. Okay. All right, more with Roy Wood Jr. after the break. But first, you know what I'm about to tell you. You know, I do it every episode, right before the break. I say, hey, listeners, if you like the show and want to support it, let us know how you feel. 
And then I say, leave us a rating and a review on Apple Podcast. And then I say, also subscribe to this show wherever you get your podcast. And then I might also say, tell your friends about this show, IRL, because that helps too. So yeah, those things are said. We appreciate it. Now a break, BRB. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. There's also some questions about what the next iteration of the show looks like after this period of flux. You know, there's been some chatter and some gossipy articles saying that it might be a rotating cast of hosts. Like, how much of those variables factor into what you're thinking should you get an offer of whatever? I am not crazy about the idea of the show having guest hosts as a Mm. new state of permanence. Weekly hosts every week. I believe that to tell the news and for jokes to work best and to have the best runway for jokes creatively, there needs to be trust and understanding with the quote anchor. Yeah, it's a friend you go back to every night. The news is a relationship, and so is comedy. Late night Mm. is a relationship, and it's either a relationship with the host or the cast. You watch SNL for the cast. You hope the host is dope, but if the host isn't dope, you still got Jost and Che. You still got I still Keenan. got Bowen. I still got Keenan. You got your yeah, people. We're vibing. And the thing with SNL right now is there's a lot of new casts that I'm not close with Correct. yet. And I find myself being like, I need Bowen. I need Keenan. I don't know these others. Correct. And so you like 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 what Ego's doing with Lisa from Temecula, like oh, just that character that alone. One. She's the Comedy one. Comedy works on relationships. The Daily Show is a host-driven show. It's not a cast-driven show. The sous chefs do not run that restaurant. So I would love for there to be a host. I don't care who's the host. The question becomes— But if they say, Roy, we're going to give you the host job, but it's going to be with two other hosts and y'all rotate, would you say no to that? I don't think that's a terrible situation. That's still regularity. You can establish a relationship at some point with a rotating host. You can put two in the chair. There's been discussions of that. So, Who do you most want for your second chair? I like, you know, see, you almost made me answer that shit. I, that's, that was nice the try. <laughs> nice try, you slick bastard. Um, I get along really well with Desi Lydic. I'll just say that. Okay. Desi and I get along really okay. swimmingly. That, you know, a lot of these shows, when they have two They're people in the it. chair, people They're hate it. They yeah, hate each you other. Know? Yeah. Kelly Ripper, was it Strahan? I think when so. When they beefing? Yeah. And oh, Something like that, Katie yeah. Couric, 
I don't think towards the end, I, I don't think she liked what's gonna call it towards the end. And then everyone hated Matt Lauer. Well, everybody today, today show be beefing. They, they were talking about Hoda. And uh, <laughs> they, they be beefing. So Wait, Hoda and Kathleen were beefing? Hoda and somebody was beefing. I, I don't listen, that. don't start no rumors. And let me on this tell you show, who sir. I'm not gonna fuck with ever is Hoda Copy. Don't listen. <laughs> no, no, they, they there's, you want, boy. there's an edge. There's a sharp edge there. I can see it. You know, the idea of being a part of whatever the next iteration is, even if I'm not host. I would consider all of that and that to the point of the correspondence. Like if we're just talking about the correspondence, we're all supportive of each other. Like it's not the cutthroat place that other shows have been where the talent is always trying to outdo mm-hmm. you and do different stuff. Mm-hmm. Jordan Klepper came on my episode. This is He's on YouTube with Klepper and I. Yeah. We were talking, it's a segment called After the Cut that you can see on YouTube where Klepper is complimenting me on hosting. Klepper was on MSNBC four days later saying he wants the chair that he wants to host. And he should want it. The same way I want it. But as correspondents, we all know that is not our choice. Yeah, that's a follow-up question for me then. Like watching and seeing all these articles about who's up, who's down, who's going to get it, who's going to do this, what happens to the show. It's also happening in a moment where the audience for all of these shows is decreasing. The audience for all late-night shows, especially on like terrestrial television, it's just going down. Do you worry about that? Do you think what I, what happens to you, I guess, in your mind, the future of late night 10 years from now when we've gone full streaming, does it exist the way it exists now? I'm not worried about the death of late night as a genre. I think there might be a different swimming pool we have to fish from yeah. to get an audience. Yeah. Netflix is still tinkering with live television. Make no mistake about uh, it. And they, they just screwed up the Love is Blind live yeah, reunion the, finale. Yeah. Crashed the server. So... Yeah, Netflix is tinkering with live stuff. The Chris Rock thing was really probably a beta test for the yeah. Love is Blind yeah. server, which they failed miserably. But the desire to be in the now about a conversation mm-hmm. is a human impulse that will never leave. The desire to have conversation about what is happening around us. We are a communal species. The job of late night is to hop on that conversation and offer new insight. I think the biggest thing that needs to change with Late Night Mm -hmm. is the taping window. Really? I truly believe that the news cycle in which we exist moves too fast. It's too fast now. It's every five minutes in a news cycle. So a show would benefit better from taping later in the day or just being live, live. So so besides just... The logistical and technical challenges of keeping up with the current pace of the news cycle. There's also the emotional one, I find. Like, I think about our politics right now, specifically like post-Trump. And when you see these headlines, it's increasingly hard to think I can find humor in any of it. When I see these black guys getting kicked out in Tennessee, when I see the attacks on trans kids, when I see mm-hmm. black history books being taken out of high schools, <laughs> I'm kind of like, is any of this funny? It was weird because during Trump, at least he was a punchline. But now I'm kind of like, is all of this stuff just really sad? Do you find that your viewers are perhaps in the same boat as me? It's harder to make it funny. I think a lot of it. Also, it's harder to shame people into even seeing why what they're doing. Well, they don't have shame. They've proven that. Yeah. The people that would do this, yeah. they have no shame. Marjorie Taylor Greene has no shame. Correct. So then is it easier or harder in this moment than like during Trump? 
Um, I think to make the jokes, yeah, I think it's just as easy. I think to have jokes that act as a true salve, mm. you know, are the jokes as soothing? Do they work like they used uh, to? You know, I don't, I don't know. Damn. You know, it's like when you only needed one Tylenol, then you became an adult. <laughs> you have real problems now. You need three. So where's the, the Vicodin? Joke, God damn it! Yeah, the <laughs> jokes really got to kick you in the teeth to really make you laugh. You know, and let go because. Even for whatever jokes we would have had about the Tennessee Three over that weekend, uh, Louisville happened right on the yep. backside of the Nashville shooting. While we're in the middle yep. of talking about the Tennessee Three, you have a shooting in Louisville. And then a couple of days later, you have one down in Dadeville, Alabama, um, which killed and injured a great deal of people that barely made a blip on the news. Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing now. It's like if it bleeds, it leads, but not unless... There's too much bleeding. You don't even know what to watch. So so many leads. We're talking about the other bleed that led, so we don't have time to talk about that bleed that's leading. Fox Creative. This is advertiser content from 26.2 Team Milk and their new docu-series, Running Sucks. Is running the worst? Yeah. Do you love it? Do you hate it? I hate it so much. <laughs> I hate it so freaking much. That you're a real runner now! I hate it. <laughs> I'm Abby Ayers, a 37-year-old mom from Utah who found herself running across the Manhattan Bridge in my first race ever. Running Sucks celebrates women who run and the running communities that carry them across the finish line. Running helped me in so many ways postpartum. It really is about taking my power back and proving myself wrong. For every person like you, I'm telling you you belong and I'm telling you you can do it. I never thought the words would leave my mouth, but yes, I'm planning on running a marathon. Because, like, who would have thought? Watch Running Sucks at runningsuckstheseries.com and learn more about how Team Milk is helping women runners across the country conquer their next course. So then as a comedian in that kind of environment, it's harder to make these jokes land because we're all so desensitized. And there's more just sadness, it seems like, in the news than ever. I want you to be very specific here. How much harder has that made your job and how do you respond to that as a comedian? What has changed about how you do your work? Um, I think my job as a comedian is to just make the jokes, you know, I can offer jokes from a different perspective, you know, like, that's why I like with this White House Correspondents' Dinner and people are like, well, what are you gonna say and who are you going to go after? And I'm like, go after them and then what? They gonna resign the next day? Yeah, I got a bunch of Clarence Thomas jokes, but I don't imagine I have one that will make him resign. But If he ain't resigned by now, he's never leaving. Exactly. So we going to tar and feather you a little bit, and that's kind of a something better than nothing equation, and you hope that the next justice coming up or the next person elected, that it changes their behavior. That's my hope. 
I like the pivot to the correspondence dinner because I want to talk about that. Yeah. But I suppose my first question after hearing you mention Clarence Thomas, how much of your correspondence dinner set is just Clarence Thomas jokes? Say two thirds or more. That's what I want. The whole thing could be Clarence Thomas jokes, but <laughs> you know, as, as there's a little bit of CRT we need to get into. There's some DeSantis versus Trump we need to get into. There's some Democrats filibustering the Republicans' police reform bill we need to get into. <laughs> How many minutes <laughs> you got? Not enough. Not enough. I don't even have time for George Santos. Oh my goodness. Oh, gracious. I forgot about him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you remember him? So give me a sample joke. Give me a sample Clarence Thomas joke. I don't have many right now. Like, you know, it's been interesting as well in terms of the news cycle. Mm-hmm. The correspondence dinner is weird in that you have certain people you know you want to talk about, but then it's like, okay, well, what's the news going to be about that person by the time? You don't know. The yeah. news cycle moves too fast. I mean, the fa- When does your speech have to be wrapped for the dinner? How soon before? Because I'm sure they're reading it and going over it and making sure it's okay for them. No, they're not. They, oh. they, they the Correspondence Association, God bless them, they are not really policing Okay. What I say and what I want to go over. Of course, there's just certain you like there's certain like I can't threaten the president's life. Like I can't commit a felony. And, yeah, there's that. I hope you <laughs> die. Like that's rude. <laughs> like don't do that. Yeah. yeah. There's certain decorum, yeah. but in terms of the jokes, ready, man. I'm. I literally. There's a buddy of mine who has who, who's doing who's doing a comedy show in Virginia the night before and i'm like i might go down to virginia and try and run a set <laughs> really like a practice set before yeah so you'll be workshopping till the day of yeah yeah who is your core crew that you're gonna workshop this with is there a colleague a friend an editor or it's just you well no i have i have a couple of writers a couple okay. of people from the daily show okay christiana mbakwe who's a former daily show writer she's my head writer for this dinner and she's a She's funny, but also a writer. She was a former investigative journalist. I like her because she knows where the bullshit is buried. Mm. And then supplement that Mm -hmm. with a bunch of people who just come in with just hard-hitting jokes. Mm -hmm. I I think that, you know, because like right now, if the the dinner was right now, then yeah, I I could joke about. Clarence Thomas getting flown around the country like an Instagram model. Like, (laughs) she literally looks like an influencer. Like, like, it's like, you have to word, and that's what I mean. Like, you just have the, you have jello. I don't have concrete yet. But I have the jello of the ideas that, okay, all of these pictures, you know that's paid promo. Like, Mm-hmm. A white billionaire from Texas wants to hang out with a black guy, and you think that's just because he thinks you're a cool dude? <laughs> <laughs> like, what yeah. is a white billionaire yeah. hung with a black man who wasn't dunking a ball? <laughs> like, woof. <laughs> yeah. Like, touche. That's touche. That's you know the looseness yeah. of it. But then, I, but then there's there's just there's also you know this idea that if the scam is the game, then maybe it's time for Democrats to run the scam too. I, and and that's the thing where there's just questions to explore. Yeah. But then you have to wonder, okay, am I here to make a point? Or am I here to be funny? I'm here to be funny. Well, they often ask you to do both, and it's hard. It's the hard room. Like, yeah. I, okay, but then prioritize. Yeah, yeah. So mentioning Clarence Thomas, mentioning talking about a black guy being wined and dined by a white billionaire, 
it makes me think about the ways race plays out in a space like the Correspondence Dinner, particularly when the speaker is black. I'm thinking back to several years ago when Larry Wilmore iconically used the N-word to address Obama in that room. Infamously to some. So, Mr. President, if I'm going to keep it 100, yo, Barry, you did it, my nigga. Yeah. How black do you think you're going to want to be or can be on that microphone? It's not about can be. It's about what I should be. Tell me. What's that calculus you know, for you? I think that there's still a responsibility to the role of correspondence speaker is to make sure that you are doing right by the constituents. Who are your constituents for this? The room? America? No, what? No, no, no. Nobody in that room is my ally. Mm. I'm for the people. Comedians are for the people. Make no bones about it. I am a black American raised in the American South, and there's certain truths about that experience that mm-hmm. need to change. Mm-hmm. And I'm not here to camouflage that. Now, for me, I prioritize figuring out how to do that in the funniest way possible. Yeah. Because otherwise, it's just a speech. I wasn't hired to give no speech. But, Mm -hmm. you know, I was hired to give a little bit of truth. You know, I'm not Dick Gregory. I don't have the ability to oscillate between humor and anger Mm. effortlessly Mm. and indignation. Like, I watched it firsthand. I, I saw Dick Gregory... Uh, 48th Bridge Crossing Jubilee in Selma. I was emceeing a banquet he spoke at. And Mm -hmm. to see him chastise America and then make you laugh at who you are and how terrible you are to his people, that's a wild balance. And that's not a gift that many people possess. I don't think I possess that. But I think that there's some way to talk about the black experience. Um, I do know that, you know, We'll have a conversation about reparations somewhere up in there. Okay. <laughs> you know, I don't know how much. What's the reparations joke? I love a good reparations joke. It's the thing, though. I don't have that's what I'm okay. saying. I don't All have right. that it's even. Still coming. Yeah. But I know that there's, you think I'm going to be as a black American on the biggest stage and the most powerful people and not tell them to consider reparations? Who else will have that opportunity to have the undivided yeah. attention of lawmakers? That's true. You know, there's that moment in every correspondence dinner speech where the comedian stops joking and they stop roasting and they get serious and they talk about how journalism is so important and American politics means so much and we got to get along and preserve these institutions. And every year I'm kind of like, when are they going to stop doing that? Like, yeah. it, it doesn't, like, it just feels empty. Do you have that moment in your address? Are you planning to do that? There's always that moment. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I, but I think that part of it is that critics of the media forget the media is also like a hard job. Like, how many people know that most newspapers, like print, and you know this, Sam, print is the red blood cells of truth in America. Yeah. It ain't broadcast because broadcast moves too fast and they don't have the crew. Yeah, Print is the slow and steady Lester Freeman detective from The Wire. Yep slowly putting this stuff together and most of those jobs are getting cut yeah 
Well, and people don't realize that is the building block of all other news coverage. You don't have cable news without newspapers. You can't do it. So when you look up in like in my home state of Alabama, all printed papers have stopped delivering. This is down from three days a week for the last six years. Wow. Now you don't get a printed paper. That's wild. That means you have to read it online, which means you have to navigate an algorithm Mm -hmm. to find Mm -hmm. out whether or not the local politician is Mm -hmm. doing the dirt where you are. So there's an erasure of media that comes from a fiscal level. And you talk about misinformation. Well, a lot of it is just there is no information. Mm Mm-hmm. And I think that's a perspective and a level of nuance that I don't think a lot of people have. And I don't know how the hell to make that point funny. Yeah. (laughs) Well, the fact that you're even thinking about it that critically as a comedian, I think is commendable. I also think it speaks to your history. I mean, people may not know, your father was a journalist, a pioneering journalist who covered the civil rights movement legendarily. And I can tell when you talk about this stuff, some of that is in you. And, 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 you know, some of that history is very present in your work. Are you going to then, I perhaps suppose, approach the Correspondence Center itself a little differently than most comedians because you are the son of a journalist? Yeah, I think there's some truth that people need to be, you know, my father is me without the punchlines. My dad was properly angry about a lot of stuff mm. in this country. You know, mm. he embedded with black troops in Vietnam. Wow. He covered riots in South Africa, like even black-on-black violence in Africa, he covered. Wow. Pretty much anywhere there was black pain, he was there with a camera, a tape recorder, and and covered that stuff. So he had a lot of perspective. But, you know, for me, I think that there's an importance on the punchline and just pointing out those truths. Like, you know, when you look at New Jersey— and the fact that New Jersey lost their only reporter on Capitol Hill because that newspaper in Jersey couldn't afford to, to pay that brother. Okay, you do that. And now what's the first thing that they're going to say when a messed up law gets passed? Is well, why didn't anyone know anything about it? And you want to talk about media misinformation. There was straight up no information. Mm. You didn't even know that was happening. Mm. Huh? So that type of stuff is where... The media is a victim of a lot of corporatization. And to come in and try to make the media look like the victim (laughs) might be a little hard. But I just think that national news and state and local are two different genres. And I think that we've conflated local journalists with national journalists. Yep. And and that, if I had an opportunity to straighten that out. Okay. In, in under two minutes okay. and make it funny, then there's something there's something in that-ish, I think. But who knows? There may be another mass shooting the morning of the correspondence. I guarantee dinner, you there I have will to be. change everything. There's a mass shooting every <laughs> yeah. day. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh-huh. you know. But you so are we'll excited see. about the gig. I mean, it, it seems like a lot. Are you excited about it at least? Yeah, it's a challenge. It's a challenge. You know, to think that you know, in my career, I remember walking through Times Square, sweating, mm. sweating in October, in New York, <laughs> profusely sweating because I had to go on David Letterman. Wow. I could do that with my eyes closed down. Yeah, look at you now. <laughs> but this, yes, I will be walking through the National Mall, sweating. <laughs> <laughs> what advice 
would he give you if we if he were here today on how to nail this correspondence dinner? Pull no punches and tell them white folks the truth. <laughs> That's probably what he would say. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Thanks again to Roy Wood Jr. You can catch Roy on The Daily Show. And this weekend, he is hosting the White House Correspondents' Dinner. All right, Intuit is hosted by me, Sam Sanders. The show is produced by Janae West, Travis Larchuk, Gabby Grossman, Jelani Carter, and Taka Zen. Our fearless editor is Jordana Hochman. Our engineer is Daniel Turek. And our music is composed by Breakmaster Cylinder. All right, listeners... We are back on Friday with a brand new episode. Till then, go find those fried chicken sandwich mafia videos that Roy Wood Jr. made and watch them because you're going to laugh at those videos very, very hard. It's good. Trust me. Go find it. Okay. Bye.